Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Good morning, good morning. It is 7.32 a.m. Mountain Time, the 1st of February, 2022. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, Scott Kennedy down in Mobile, Alabama covering the senior bowl live Scott how you doing this morning I'm doing well trying to uh trying to fight some technical limitations in a, in a hotel room we're we're streaming off the phone here got a got hot spot the phone so Verizon 5g there's a plug for Verizon seems to be doing well so far but good uh weights and measurements came in yesterday at senior bowl and uh you know those are always kind of interesting to peruse over just a little bit and looking forward to getting out there and watching some football watching these guys play today yeah, not to be totally cliche, but it does matter more than the normal uh, small talk. What's the weather looking like down there? I know that they had some bad projections as far as wind and rain and chill, but that, that's probably what you want with these quarterbacks. Uh, today should be nice. Today should be safe. Like the, about the only thing I didn't pack was uh, was sunscreen. So oh, <laughs> I didn't really think about it. I might end up getting burned today and then, uh, and then freeze my butt off tomorrow. See, I, I worked in... Uh, otolaryngology for about four years, uh, head and neck cancer. And I saw some pretty serious, uh, things in my day working and working in uh, head and neck cancer. And, uh, I don't mess with that anymore. We say melanoma sunscreen, the hat, all that jazz. So, uh, make sure you get yourself some sunscreen take care of yourself, Scott. Uh, we got Bryce coming in. Good morning, Broncos country. Billy's in the house too. Good morning. Diamond Rattler. Boom. Let's go. Awesome to see you. Um, we got mile high truth coming in. What's a cracking, um, good to see you. Luke writes in the house. Good morning, Nick and Scott. EJ, good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos Country, US Dave, Jeremy Sean. Sunny days with the coffee. Have you had your coffee yet, Scott? Do they have you have some really good uh hotel I, have, room I, I went with the house coffee? I brought my French press, but uh there's not a microwave or a coffee maker in here. So mm. I went downstairs and had the house coffee. It wasn't too bad. I had two cups, so I had a nice little true. I, I tell you. I'm staying, I'm pulling in, uh, I pulled in on Satchel Page Avenue, uh, right next to Hank Aaron Stadium. So this is my kind of place. Yeah, absolutely. Satchel Page. I had a baseball game back in the day, and I used to always use Satchel Page as my starting pitcher, just because he was incredible in that game. Um, let me see, we got a question coming in here from Anthony Cox. Good morning, Anthony Cox. Uh, welcome to Broncos for Breakfast. A Broncos country. What do y'all think about getting Marcus Jones in the third round? Uh, Marcus Jones, cornerback out of the University of Houston, dynamic little player. Uh, He's a very versatile player and amazing coverage in the slot, not to mention a very good kick returner. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick pick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and 
the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. I don't think the third round, especially if you're talking about the Rams third round pick, that's a bad choice. Uh, Marcus Jones was mocked to the Broncos by Dane Brugler in his latest mock, mock draft with the Rams second round pick. So he might even go earlier. He is diminutive, to put it lightly, uh, five foot eight, I believe, which for a cornerback can be an issue. Maybe not as much from the slot, but I honestly like the trend. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really like the trend going forward where your slot guys are a little bit bigger because you have so many matchup tight ends these days. So the smaller slots are scaring me a little bit. But Marcus Jones, the, the returnability, uh, the ball skills as well, uh, playing for the University of Houston Cougars, a uh, very good player, a good shot out there. I'm not sure. I don't think Marcus Cox is at the senior bowl, right? I just I've seen him in passing, but uh, he's he is or he's not. No. OK, Scott's uh, Scott's having to work with the. Refrigerator in the background, so he's he's not gone deaf, guys. Uh, he's not trying to learn sign language. Here. I'm he's almost just... in. The, I'm almost like I'm in the background. There's a little bit of a hum. I don't know how much it comes through, but you know, you guys notice how Chad always, when he's done talking, he always he always sits back and mutes. I've also realized that's a good way for me to stop interrupting Nick. <laughs> Somebody needs a mute to get me to shut that bleep up. DWI guys coming in here. Good morning, gents and Broncos country. Falling sloths in the house. Howdy, Broncos. CC morning, Nick and Scott. Victor Rios is in the house. Good morning, guys. Good morning, everybody from DBA. Worm from Air, coming back for more. Good to see you, Worm. Uh, good morning, guys. Can't wait to get into some senior bowl coverage. Please saying, mm, lovely Alabama, said no one ever. Mobile, Alabama is very nice. Um, it's on the Gulf. So uh, I would not, like, some of I'm, I'm not here to talk disparage anybody's state because, besides Nebraska. If you live in Nebraska, I'm sorry. I have to do that. Most as a of Alabama is very nice. It's called, you know, their, their license plates say Alabama, the beautiful for a reason. You get down here, you, you got the, you got the Gulf coast, um, you know, part of the right next to the panhandle. There's just a little slice. So whoever was drawing that up and gave that entire coast of Florida got screwed in that deal. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. some great lakes around here. Forest, uh, Alabama's Alabama's a nice state. Yeah, no, it's uh... appreciate the stars, Travis. Yeah. Thank you so much. Morning fellas. Watch, uh, watching Denver Broncos for life. We also got Kareem in the house. Boyan, Boyan, Dia, Mias Amigos. I did not take Spanish. Um, so uh, Scott's muted. So you're just kind of good day, my friends. Good day. Buen I knew dia, Mias, Mias Amigos. Amigos. Buenas Dias. Okay. Buen dia. Means good day. Yeah, Buena Dia. See, I took French like an idiot. I don't know what I'm doing. Roy Osborne. <laughs> good morning, Nick and Scott. Speaking of French, French vanilla coffee for me this morning. Ugh, I love me some good French vanilla. Trevor Sandal. Good morning, fellas. Always coming in with the support. Trevor, uh, DeAndre Weatherspoon. Morning, guys. We are in the AFC conference with good quarterbacks in a division with top shelf quarterbacks. Broncos need to get a quarterback to get back into the playoffs. No developing quarterbacks. Um, so I think DeAndre is saying here that Broncos need to get a veteran um, that can give them a jumpstart and competing back on the division again, not a draft pick at the quarterback position, uh, but we'll see. Broncos do have to get the quarterback right 
period. That's it. Ken Rose in the house. Bron- Good morning, Broncos country. Ernie Mays, always great to see you. Hello, Broncos country. Albert Knopper's in the house. Sean Burns in the house. Brandon Weber. Clayton Huron's in the house. We got a lot of people. Good to see you. Want to say hello to everybody. Gary Neighbors in the house, senior bowl quarterback. Let's get into it. Okay, I think I've caught up. Jeremy Bales, also that's a name I don't recognize, but want to say hello to Jeremy as well. Peter Middleton, also. God bless you, Peter. Um, senior bowl, it's here. And this is one of the best senior bowl since 2018 for covering the quarterbacks. And we had our first taste of information news, breaking news, I guess, yesterday with the quarterback measurements coming in. And probably the biggest thing that sent ripples through draft media, through NFL media, Kenny Pickett, a lot of people's quarterback one, 24 years old, University of Pittsburgh, declines, not refuse. I don't want to say refuses but declines to have his hand measured said he's going to have it later on. Cause he's doing some stretches to make sure his thumb is read correctly because he's double jointed and it jettisons off differently. So uh, officially hand size season guys, Kenny Pickett does not uh, refuse to have his hand size measured. And uh, we're waiting on that measurement. Well, he came in at six, three, six, three and a quarter, 217 pounds. And he's got shorter arms too. So he's only, he only had a 72 inch wingspan, which yeah. is six feet. You know, most of these guys have there's a there's a condition where when your arms are considerably longer than your height and like 98 percent of NBA players have that condition. Most of the football players have it that his is he's 75 inches tall with a 72 inch wingspan. That's a little strange. So he's he's been fighting some what he'd be really good at is bench press when he starts doing the lifts and stuff uh, with the shorter arms. But uh, he's he's been fighting for what he has been doing through his career as a quarterback through his life, uh, some, some physical limitations that he's had to make up for with shorter arms, uh, which is leverage. You know, if you're a pitcher and your arm strength, it's different with your leverage. Your, uh, his height was good, but his hand size was smaller. So a little bit, a little bit different, just a little bit different there. Yeah. And why does hand size matter? So we'll get into this a little bit. Everybody thinking it's overrated. Yes, it is overrated, but it is a data point with some, it does it does have some basis in outcomes in the football game. Kenny Pickett had, I believe it was 2019, uh, I think actually 19 fumbles during his career at Pitt. Uh, a lot of those in the pocket, not not related to, you know, rushing the football. It's not like he's taking big, clean hits from linebackers. It's him getting it knocked out from within the pocket, uh, a la a Daniel Jones, a la a Derek Carr, somebody who I know a lot of people have compared Kenny Pickett to is Derek Carr. Um, I don't care so much about the hand, the arm length, uh, so much. I know that Paxton Lynch had some of the longest arms ever recorded for a quarterback, um, which is I thought was a detriment for him because it made his release just that much more elongated in the pocket. Everything was long and slow uh, with Kenny or with uh, Paxton Lynch. Not not that issue with Kenny Pickett, but the hand size matters. Double jointed thumb or not. I just you're getting into such weird minutiae there with that kind of stuff. That's like, OK, you're such an outlier that now you're trying to sell me on this double jointed thumb as to why it won't matter. You're doing hand stretching exercises to maximize your length. It's enough for me that is I wouldn't take him in the top 10. I guess that's the simple thing. He's still a very good quarterback and the hand size should not be enough to take him off the board by any means. But the, with being 24 years old next year, the hand size not lighting the absolute world on fire. There's enough variables for me that I probably am not taking him in the top 10. Now, if he comes in and is amazing on the whiteboard, he kills it in practice, et cetera, et cetera, they're going to have more information than me. But yeah, you're, we'll you're looking you're looking for the freak types. You know, in the top yeah. 10, you're looking for the, the athletic freaks, the football freaks, not necessarily, yeah, he's okay, but that's that's not what you're looking for in the top 10. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't know that I want any of these guys in the top 10, to be honest with you. We've said that for a long time. So with, uh, with the Broncos drafting at nine, yeah, I'd love for the Panthers to take Kenny Pickett at six or Carson or, uh, Matt Corral at six and leave us another player to choose from at nine or eight or wherever down the line. Um, you know, the only thing that's that having what's worse than having no quarterback is having just spent a bunch of resources on having no quarterback. So yes, I'm, I'm, we'll see, we'll see there's, and again, I won't come out of this more than likely completely convinced that anybody is on is in the top 10 based on senior bowl. Um, they can play themselves out of it for sure. You can cross guys off the list, but in a setting like this, you're looking for the tools. You're looking for the accuracy in a, in a closed environment. You're looking for arm strength. You're looking for release and footwork. You're looking for the tools. Tools don't make you a top 10 quarterback for the most part. Then you say, okay, this guy's got the tools. Now let's dig deeper and deeper and deeper. You can play yourself out of the top 10, out of the draft, Jamie Newman, Felipe Franks, et cetera, et cetera. But it's really hard to play yourself up into that level. Uh, Mac Jones played himself into the I want to see more level, but um, because he showed the he showed he was a really good quarterback, um, good against the blitz, good under pressure, all that type of stuff. And then when he came here, he showed, yeah, he's got the arm strength, too. So it's um this is a this is a tool in the evaluation process. This is not the evaluation process. Yeah. Juan Espinosa coming in here. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning to you, Juan. Uh, just a question for you guys. Is the coaching staff money a part of the team's salary or is it separate? Not a part of the salary cap space. Um, the Broncos obviously do have an overall budget, but that includes, you know, operational stuff, community stuff, uh, philanthropy stuff, and that's all underneath that big, huge budget. Uh, but the actual salary cap coaches are separate. Um, so that's why teams that like the Dallas Cowboys with rich owners can find a little bit of wiggle room in improving their team outside of the the landscape that is the NFL, the forced parody, as Scott would like to say, of the salary cap. Um, so that's that's an area where not a part of it. Uh, thank you for the question, Juan. Good morning to you. Awesome to see uh, new faces for the most part uh, for me. And also apparently the news coming down the tracks that Brady officially retires. So um, there we go. Adam Schefter, I guess, gets the W on that one. I don't know. A lot of people want to cancel Adam Schefter. I don't even know what's going on there. Um, so more quarterback stuff. Kenny Pickett, he's coming in as the leader in the house. I do want to ask you, were, were you there in 2018 um, with the, uh, you were not there in 2018. So I felt like in 2018, the talk of the town, that was in case you guys don't remember, that was the senior bowl with Baker Mayfield coming to town. I think his mother was having surgery and he couldn't play in the game, but he like flew down in a private plane, came in all this hoopla surrounding him and uh, stole the town. Uh, stole all the attention. Everybody was over there, over the moon with Baker Mayfield's energy, his machismo, et cetera, et cetera. And I think if I learned anything from that, it's that while that machismo and that leadership is important from the quarterback position, still comes down to can the dude spin it? Uh, what are the, what can they do on the football field? What extraordinary can they do on the football field? So if they come down there and Kenny Pickett's fine and he's the leader in the house, but Malik Willis is out there making throws that are 50 yards down the field across opposite hash marks, um, but he's not leading the drills. I don't give a bleep. I'll take the guy with the better tools because it's the Josh Allen versus Baker Mayfield uh, comparison for 2018. And Nick, we were talking about, you know, hand size. Why does it matter? All these reasons. And you just used one of the phrases that I was going to say. You just used it for me. I didn't have to bring it up out of context. The spin it. You know, it, it, when you're talking about a quarterback that can fight through the wind and, and throw a really good ball, they, they talk that one of the quarterback phrases they use is, man, that guy can really spin it. Well, it's harder to spin it when you can't get your hand around the ball. Um, you know, the, the, 
you see a, a pitcher with long fingers, he can spin it. He's throwing a pretty nasty curveball. Um, but with the smaller hands, it makes it harder to spin that ball. You might be able to get some velocity on it, but especially with a bigger ball and the wind and all that type of stuff is going to affect your ball a little bit more. So it does matter. Uh, and Travis comes in and says, I'm no expert, but curious about Malik Willis. He's my hope we draft in the second round. Now, I put out a tweet about the Falcons getting their quarterback of the future. They took five guys last year and about they could get their quarterback of the future down here. And I got eye rolls and all this stuff. I'm like, I didn't say it ate you morons, <laughs> but there's seven there. We were talking about seven guys between the six and Bailey zap. Uh, there, there are seven guys that, that were mentioned the six down here. Uh, Cause Bailey zap came in and he put up just crazy numbers, almost 6,000 yards and one less game than Bryce young beat him by a thousand yards. Now, is this a you know David Klingler run and shoot guy from the old Houston days, or or can he play? Well, we'll we'll see. He'll get to throw with some of the guys that are considered in the first round. Um, and Malik Willis is a guy I think he will show off some raw tools, but I, I think he'll struggle in this environment. I really do. Um, when you're taking away the legs of a player who can run, who's one of his best weapons is running. And in a setting like this, this is pocket throws. And the most running you're going to do is a bootleg and a throw, which mm-hmm. is nice. You can show off your footwork, but drop, you know, seven step drops and release, it's not going to be his best attribute, which is good because if you really like him, he may come down the boards a little bit and 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 uh and be available in a second. Cause I think he'd be a really, really good second round option. I I, I think so, Travis. I would like to trade up into the back end of the first round for the quarterback of choice, ideally, um, because getting that fifth year option, that extra year of control is nice. Uh, now, if it's cost way too much, obviously don't do that. So, you know, shove off. Let's just say Bengals picking at 32, um, trying to trade up there from wherever the Broncos are picking in the second round. Um, you can just sit there and take the quarterback in the second round in that case. But we'll see. I like Malik Willis. I, let me preface this. I really like a lot of these quarterbacks. I like seven quarterbacks in this draft class. Um, most of them I like day two. Um, you were mentioning Bailey Zapp plus uh, Matt Corral, the quarterback that's not down there competing. I want to give a shout out to Caleb Ellerby, um, who I really think at uh, Western Michigan, talk about spinning. That dude's got an NFL th- frame and an NFL arm. Maybe pr- probably could have come back for another year, um, but he impresses the heck out of me. If, if you get a chance, Scott, you might should ch- uh, turn on some Western Michigan this year. They have a wide receiver named uh, Sky Moore as well, who is just awesome. He is he is so awesome. Um one of my favorite players in the class, honestly. Uh, but, um, okay, get, go ahead. Real quick, going back to the chat yeah. here. Um, Lawrence comes in and says, who else has some pretty freakish features that we can capitalize on? Uh, I think if you want to take about the the freak of freaks, it's the Minnesota kid, uh, Falele. Yes. Falele, whatever. I, I'll call him Falele probably till he dies. Uh, um, Daniel, say it for me, Nick. Daniel Falele. Okay, there we go. Mm-hmm. Six, eight, and an eighth. 387, 11-inch hand, 11-inch hand, 35-and-a-half-inch, uh, and, and uh, a 7-foot-2 wingspan. Yeah. That's pretty freakish. <laughs> yeah, he, um, uh, he is freakish, no doubt about it. Um, very still pretty new to the football game. Uh, they found him at an Australian Football League camp in Australia, and he got a lot of hype from there. If you guys have been paying attention to the NFL at all this year, you know that there was another case of a similar player like this absolutely massive human being, no experience in football from Australia, Jordan Maialata. Uh, the Eagles able to find a plug-and-play, not a plug-and-play, but a freak left tackle in the what was the fifth round when they drafted him, and he's been incredible this season, one of the best tackles in football. Um, so 
I'm I'm incredibly interested to see Daniel Falele. I've listened to a few interviews with uh, Jim Nagy as well, who is the coordinator, the head president of the Senior Bowl. I don't know what his title would be. Um, former NFL scout for a long time with the Seahawks, uh, Jim Nagy. And he said that Falele is so good in his stance, gets down there that a lot of tape you see him be lower in his stance than the edge rusher he's going against. And there's some talk that Flele being six, eight could play some guard, which is unheard of for a guy that size because who, the who does that lanes. sound like? Who does that sound like that tall with the playing guard? It makes me think of Orlando Franklin, but I'm, I'm a little it's bit Spencer to, Brown. Remember me telling you when I'd show you the senior bowl stuff last year, how when he played right tackle and, and I had, uh, and I was shooting video from the sidelines and I was going across the offensive line, he would disappear behind the mm-hmm. guard at six, eight and a half. And he would disappear. Yeah. So the flexibility, you know, meanwhile, I see a picture of Jalen Mayfield and he can hardly get in a stance, you know, yeah. at, at six, three, six, four. So the flexibility of a guy like this is, uh, is going to be uh, fun to watch. So um, I'll, I'll probably, they come out in, um, in shells today, just in shorts. Mm-hmm. And I will probably focus a lot on the skill guys because they, they won't be doing any, and, and then I'll do linemen more tomorrow. So I'll get a good look at the quarterbacks, uh, the quarterbacks today. But um, there's a few, there's a few of the numbers in here. Just to, to finish off with, with Lawrence's question, um, you know, you look at um, Gene Delance out of Florida. He's just a shade under six four, and he's got an eighty six inch wingspan. That's seven foot two. Uh, you yeah, know, he... I mentioned that condition. It's a seven foot two wingspan on a six foot four frame. I mean, the guy's tying his shoes without bending over. You know, that's that's incredible. Yeah, and shout out to that. And what was the name again on him? It's that's one I keep forgetting. The John Florida. Delance, maybe John Gene, Delance, John Delance, uh, J E A N Delance. Uh, Delance, there. if you guys get a chance, again, this is just me giving you guys homework. Um, I can tell you what I saw, or you can go do it yourself. Uh, but the Florida Alabama game this year, um, Delance actually had one of the best games against Will Anderson I saw of anybody this season. Um, so Florida obviously had some. Harry quarterback situation and offensive system situation with Mullen being shown the door for Napier uh, there in Gainesville. But he actually really impressed me in the Alabama, Florida game. Um, so I'm curious to see how he does this week. There's some, there's some tackles to be had. Leon Archuleta. Yeah, no. Go ahead. I think, uh, you know, it's easier, you know, the, the guys that worry you when you've got arms that long again, think of your bench press, mm-hmm. you know, when, when you're, so he can only do 15 reps. Well, he's moving it three times farther than anybody else. And he's losing the leverage. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when I can take a drop step and reach out literally an extra half a foot on a guy and just shove him around the corner, that's that's why you like length in your tackles. Leon coming in says, good morning, guys. I'm starting to get worried about who they're looking at for our coordinators. What are your guys' thoughts? I know off subject. I, I agree with you on this one a little bit, Leon. Uh, I'd like to see kind of a grizzled vet come in with a with a first-time coach and not just have a, an entirely new, okay, first-time head coach, first-time offensive coordinator. And is this going to be a first-time defensive coordinator or, or someone that's that's really young like that? I I'm I'm with you on this one. Uh, are you you know Arthur Smith bringing in Dean Peace you know out of retirement, somebody that has been in the league and seen everything that you can use as a sounding board that you trust? Hey, he's not coming for my job. He he doesn't want it. Um, he just retired. Um, I I agree with you. So I would expect even if it's not one of the coordinators, you're going to have some position coaches on there with 20 plus years of experience that they can use as as a sounding board. Uh, that's a good question. Yeah, nope, absolutely. Thank you so much for the question. 
Oh man, there's so much we want to get to at the senior bowl here. We got some questions coming in from, uh, we got Travis coming in. Oh, Nathan first. Uh, what's more, yeah, what's sorry. more important at the senior bowl? It's okay. What's more important at the senior bowl, seeing the practices of the game itself, safe travel, Scott, Scott is there. So safe travels to the practice today, Scott. Um, he is down in mobile on location. That's why no green screen in the background left his, uh, cozy basement layer, um, in Georgia to head down to Alabama. But, um, the practices are way more important than the game itself. You want to know what the NFL thinks of the game? The league, the league, the owners, the GMs, uh, whoever the decision makers, 99% of them are already on their planes back when the game is yeah. taking place. It's They're practice. gone. And, and Nathan, how I was going to answer this is I don't watch the game. I, I, I don't. Um, no. I've got – it's – football games are the ultimate team sport for the most part. Um, and it's really hard to get some things going. Now you'll see some guys flash here or there, but a, a game is also a smaller sample size. Uh, again, you might see a guy flash. You might see a slot receiver make a good move and do all these kind of things. And, you know, that's great, but is, is this just having a good game? Um, you know, the level of these guys is close enough that you can have a different player of the game all the time, but he's still not necessarily a good prospect. So seeing them again in a controlled environment, these are the things I want you to do. I'm going to watch these 10 guys. I'm, I'm, I'm looking, I'm the linebackers coach. I saw the Patriots at Chipotle last night. There was like 10 coaches here. They're going to break out and they're going to watch different positions. I'm going to watch these same 10 guys do the same thing 10 times. And I'm going to see who does it better. And these are the football drills that are going to translate to what I'm looking for on the field. And then I can teach. And then again, this is part of the evaluation process. Now I'll go, okay, this guy can't play because his feet stink. Uh, this guy can't play because he can't bend. This guy's too small, whatever. I'm crossing guys off the board. So then I elevate the guys to the board and say, now I want to know more. Now I'm going to make sure I'm at his pro day. Now I want to see him run. I want to see him time. Okay, this guy ran a 4-4. This guy ran a 4-3-8. Okay, similar, but if I got to pick, I'm going to go with the 4-3-8. Um, so the games, while I watch the games a little bit, almost just to see fan reaction, because I know you're watching them and, and I'm in, and, and I'm in media and I, I have discourse with you, but for, for me, I, the, the, for an evaluation standpoint, the games don't matter. They, they really don't. Yeah. Uh, Travis coming in asking about Oklahoma players at the uh, bowl at the senior bowl. Um, I know there's a defensive tackle whose name is escaping me right this second as I scroll through the list of the rosters here who had, I think 35 inch arm length yesterday. I know that his tape has been up and down. I th it's not Mathis because Mathis is the uh, Mathis. Okay. It's a uh, period Winfrey. Um, had pretty good measurements there at the senior bowl. I know he had a lot of hype coming into this season. Didn't really live up to the hype, uh, but I'm excited to see him. There's also a linebacker from Oklahoma as well. Who's getting some, uh, some hype who I'm excited to see what he can do in uh, Brian Asamoah, uh, the second, um, so we'll see both of those guys down there. It's unfortunate. And I will say that the, the senior ball, I've never been to the senior ball. I've watched a lot of the practices. I'll have to get down there someday. Uh, typically Chad would send somebody else down to the senior bowl and I'd be making the drive to Indianapolis. Cause I was pretty close in Eastern Iowa and my sister lived in Indy. So that was nice. Um, but uh, the senior bowl, you don't get as much for the linebackers or the running backs, even sometimes like the tight ends as much, but it's about the one-on-ones in the practices. So it's the, defensive line versus the offensive line reps. And it's the cornerbacks slash safeties versus the wide receivers. That's where you're going to really get an idea of these players. Cause you're going to get one-on-ones in situations that you typically don't see in the games. Like how often in football games, you actually see a cornerback go up against a wide receiver and one-on-one -on -one without 
help of the overhang safety or something like that. Not very often, but because you're going to get those reps, more here, often you're going to find you out. More often you see them run a 40-yard dash. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> more often <laughs> that's than that. That's true. Um, but, but again, more you know, more often than you see them get to run 40 yards on a post in shorts. And But yeah, yeah. again, it's, it's part of the evaluation process. There's also a guy here, uh, Edge, Isaiah Thomas, came in at just under 6'5", 260 pounds um, with a – with a, an 80 inch wingspan and Perion Winfrey on the defensive line measured just under six, four, 300 pounds and has almost an 86 inch wingspan. <laughs> yeah. He's um, got I, I tell, I told my, my friend that I ran into here last year who uh, went, I, I worked with him at Fox sports out in LA and he's now an agent and he had one of these guys. It was a kid from East Carolina and I forgot his name um, who had a wingspan like that. He's like six, three, but had a wingspan that was bigger than Spencer Brown's. He was six, eight. I said, I said, do do yourself a favor and get him on a basketball court and show him just have him do dunking contests. Just go out there and show off his athleticism and that reach and that that all those things that will take advantage of him and just put it on social media. It will absolutely blow up. So Perry on Winfrey, 6'4, 303 pounds with an 86 inch reach. That guy's reaching up and touching the rim yeah. with, with arms like this. So yep. uh, on the defensive line. Oh, that's uh, that, that's real interesting. So appreciate the question on the Oklahoma kids. Yeah, we got Ethan coming in here as well. I may have missed you talking about it this, Nick, but what do you think about Tyler Vinderbaum from Iowa? <laughs> Get this one. Um, It's okay. You watch uh, enough that he, you had to have seen him talk about Tyler Linderbaum. Had to have. He, he talks about him every show. Yeah, uh, but I feel like I'm not like harping <laughs> on him. Um, I'm almost a little bordering on dismissive uh, because where the Broncos are picking. Um, you do, in this class, you would get the certainty of getting a very good center, but I don't think he is a scheme transcendent center. Uh, that being said, the Broncos are going to play the scheme that he's probably the best fit in, in that wide zone. Um, because Tyler Linderbaum, he's got a smaller frame, but he moves extremely well. I don't think he is a Jason Kelsey level athlete where he looks like a bleeping running back in space, uh, running with his guys. Uh, but he's a very good athlete in space, climbs very well. Um, I'm not sure how he'll hang with the, the one-on-ones. I'm really excited to see. I wish he was down at the senior bowl. I was about to say to him down at the senior bowl versus Travis Jones, but the, the pure nose tackle type, I don't know if he can hang and uh, anchor against a guy who's got 40 pounds on him and uh, length on him as well, but he's very good. Center hasn't been taken above pick 16. I think maybe ever, but it definitely since I can remember the draft. So it would be weird to see him go super high, but he's a very good player. It's just, he plays a uh, devalued position and he's not scheme transcendent. And let's be honest, Nick, there aren't many centers in the world in NFL that can hang with the guys you just mentioned, or they wouldn't be centers. Yeah. You know, I mean, they'd be, they'd be defensive tackles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're, if you've got that kind of size, power and athleticism, you're, you're playing defensive line. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it is, it's, it's harder to find. It's, yeah. it's, it's a tough defense is harder than offense. That's why the better athletes for the most part are on defense. Um, because you've got to react and all that type of stuff where the offense knows where they're going. So, you know, saying that he couldn't handle, you know, a 6'3", 320-pound moving rhino uh, head up over him, that's not that, that's not that big a concern because there aren't many that can. That's why you get help from your guard, uh, the guy that's 6'3 and can squat a house. Um, so there aren't a ton of guys like that. And, Ethan, appreciate your, appreciate your support kicking us off in february with a uh with a, a very generous donation from england um travis, says, travis coming in 
Uh, Travis coming in a little uh, with uh, changing the subject a little bit here. So if we don't get Rodgers or Wilson, oh, in the first, sorry, there was another question coming up that asked, um, who do you think will be the starting quarterback next year? I'm like, I don't know. Drew Locke starts game one. Uh, Travis Tarbuck says, if we don't get Rodgers or Wilson in the first, hoping for a right tackle or edge, and once again, Malik Willis in the second. Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be real nice uh, if you get, if one of the, if, if Charles Cross falls to you at right tackle, uh, if the Quanu happens to drop some, or yeah. one of those th- uh, one of those big edge guys, you get a Jabo Karloftis, one of those guys falls. Great, there should be a lot of good players here. And then, oh wait, down here, middle second, Malik Willis is there. Hmm, yeah. That's intriguing. And uh, I can play him for a year behind Drew Locke and, and see who the better man is in in uh, twenty twenty three. Yeah, I'm. I'm so excited for you to get eyes on these quarterbacks and see them reps side by side because I'm curious to see how these guys' arms look live, according to your opinion, and uh, whose arm uh, pops the most and whose arm looks the most natural uh, when they're doing it. Because I've seen some people, I personally believe that the strongest arm, natural arm in this class is Malik Willis. Uh, But some people think that Sam Howell has the strongest arm. Some people think Carson Strong has the strongest arm. Um, Obviously, arm strength is not the the only defining factor for a quarterback success. Uh, but I mean, just look at Joe Burrow, but uh, also it matters a bit. I mean, you saw what the the Rams have been able to do moving on from Jared Goff to Matt Stafford, whose arm talent is just that much better, that much cranked up. Um, and it's made a difference for them. So obviously arm talent does uh, have some impact. Miguel coming in. Good morning, fellas. Good morning to you, Miguel. Hope you're doing well. And Matthew uh, hope- Stafford has one of the best arms I ever scouted. Yeah. I mean, just, um, just possibility. To- his ability to get velocity from different, you know, off his back foot, yeah. fall into his side, sidearm, all types of stuff. He's got one of the best arms I ever scouted. The fact that he hasn't made a Pro Bowl um, is silly. You know, now that he's out of Detroit, uh, he'll probably get, probably get it next year. If he didn't get it this year, I don't think he wouldn't have been able to go this year anyway. Um, but Matthew Stafford has an elite arm. You don't need a Matthew Stafford arm to be successful because very few have a, a Matthew Stafford arm. Um, Peter come in also. He says, which initial measurements encourage you for the QBs? Any surprises? Um, for any surprises for me, and I've resorted this, I've got I've got all of the team's names and all this in a spreadsheet, and I keep sorting it because there's so many on here. So let me resort by quarterbacks. Um, as far uh, and, as the and quarterbacks. I'll tell you what, the, uh, the one that got me a little bit was uh, was Malik Willis Malik Willis coming in just a shade over six feet tall? Um, I was hoping he'd be a little bit taller than that. Yep, uh, Howell and Willis had very similar measurements. Um, I'm happy that both of them are officially over six foot, um, which is great <laughs> to see. Because uh, if they weren't, then that would be you know pumping the brakes there. But both of them come in over six foot. Uh, both of them are also some thick boys. Uh, multiple season there. Um, Willis yeah, two hundred and twenty pounds. Yeah, Will Will is two twenty on six foot. That's a that's a running back frame. Um, but mm-hmm. Howell as well, six foot two twenty one. Um, mm-hmm. that's pretty incredible. So excited to see what those guys look like out there. I don't think that Howell's how Phil Luongo, the North Carolina offensive coordinator, used Howell as a running threat. I don't think is a viable option in the NFL for Howell because it's not going to be going up against let's let's just say it, people terrible ACC defenses outside of uh, Clemson and um. Pittsburgh, uh, but that's not going to be an option for him, but he's a fine enough athlete and he's, he's thick. He's tough. Um, the other measurements that stuck out to me strong coming in at two twenty six. Uh, I thought he looked pretty light, um, at, uh, Nevada, maybe even like two fifteen. Uh, I get a lot of 
Jared Goff vibes watching strong because the limited athleticism in the smaller frame, but the ball look, comes out of the hand nice and pretty. Um, the other one that kind of maybe concerned me a bit, Ritter had pretty good size all around, 6'3", 10-inch hands, but only Wayne 207 with that frame concerned me a bit because he always had those little stick legs. You want Ritter to be up there probably about 225-ish uh, and coming in at 207. Just it's I wish you're a little bit thicker, buddy, because I want to see if you're going to be a good quarterback in the NFL, I think you got to work some uh, – quarterback power quarterback zone reads early on in his uh, early on in his career and, and we talk about the the hand size but the the arm length you know is for for kenny pickett again he's the only quarterback there he, at 6'3 he's over 6'3 so he's the second tallest quarterback with the shortest wingspan by over by two inches hmm. um you know the shortest arm length by over an inch it's just his his uh the thing is he's actually fairly normal <laughs> his arms are a little shorter than his height, but for when we start looking at these the, the the athletes at this level, their wingspan is almost always bigger than their uh, than their height, longer, wider, whatever, however you want to say it, than than their height is. Wow. Yep, and Brady is officially retired. Coming across my Twitter feed, so uh, end of an era. Um, that's great to see. Happy for. <laughs> Happy for Brady having a good career. Going to go off and ride off in the sunset with a super supermodel wife. Happy he doesn't get it right off in the sunset though, like Peyton Manning did it with a as a Super Bowl champion. Um, so yeah, some more uh, measurements here that kind of interested me in this game. Um, some players that are sticking out to me that I'm excited about: uh, Arnold Ebiketti, uh, the edge rusher from Penn State, transferred from Temple, came in under six three, which is a little bit short, but I think he had thirty four inch arm length. Um, I thought he looked pretty darn good for Penn State this season when I watched him uh, versus Ohio State, versus Michigan, versus Iowa. Uh, fun player there as well. I'm really excited to see Cam Thomas at edge from uh, San Diego State. He's gotten some comparisons to Clellan, or excuse me, not Clellan Farrell, um, uh, the actually good Raiders pass rusher whose name is this game. Max Crosby has gotten some com comparisons for uh, Cam Thomas, so we'll see on that one. Um, any other uh, defensive linemen that might be interesting? I see there's some conversation here about uh, – Travis Jones in the second um, from UConn. If you guys don't get, uh, if you want a nose tackle on your defense and you can't get Jordan Davis round one, probably Travis Jones is the guy you want. Uh, we'll see how he does this week playing for UConn, a terrible football program, but uh, has had some pretty good athletes come out of there. I want, I want to see how Devonte Wyatt does. Uh, maybe somebody that could sneak up a little bit came in at just mm -hmm. under six three three oh seven. Um, and shouldn't see in him for sure. And then, uh, there, there's a lot of these guys. John Ridgeway is someone that always shows yes. up a little bit later, halfway down on my mocks when I'm doing them. Um, Arkansas? Yep, Arkansas, just shade under 6'5", 330. Yeah, um, he's 81. So I'm, I'm interested in seeing how John does out here and how he moves around. And when you've got tools like that, even if you get pushed around, if he shows the athleticism and that he's light on his feet, that will, when you've got that size, when you've got plus measurements in something, you're willing to forgive some of the other uh, deficiencies. Like, well, he got pushed around a little bit. Yeah, but he's 230, 330 pounds and, you know, just figuring out what to do with his body. And he's got athleticism. We'll, we'll, we'll strengthen him up. So I'm interested to see how he moves out here too. Yeah, and keeping it on the defensive line, one who impressed me a lot that I'm curious to see how it keeps going for him. Some people think he might actually be the best interior defensive lineman in this class is Logan Hall out of Houston. Um, he came into Houston, I think probably weighing about 230. And I think yesterday he measured up at about almost 280. Um, so he has been putting on the mass. Um, he's got length. He still needs to add more to his frame. But watching Houston, 
I remember watching Houston last year and it was, they were almost hard to watch because they had two guys that had the same similar, similar frames uh, that were bursty, really talented uh, defensive linemen. Last year they had Peyton Turner who ends up being the first round pick for the saints. Um, and this year they got Logan Hall. So uh, I'm excited to see what Logan Hall can do down there. His frame, he still needs to add more mass in my opinion, but that dude's got some heavy hands. We'll see if it translates against some of the better competition in uh, the one-on-ones at the senior bowl. And this is a good shout on Travis Jones, um, six, four and a half, 326 pounds. Um, you know, he was someone that, that I, you know, people have said, if he was at Georgia, you he'd be Jarvis, you know, you, you'd know who this guy was, uh, instead of a UConn. So I'm looking forward to seeing him down here as well. He might be able to make himself a good deal of money. Um, cause you see the people say, you know, oh, he plays, who's he playing against? What's his competition? Sometimes the competition you face isn't under your control. So I grew up in Georgia. Every top player you've ever heard of, including Champ Bailey, played at a small school, just for the most part. They all played at small schools. And I said, Herschel Walker is Herschel Walker. If you take him and take take him from a single-A school or if you drop him at Parkview at 7A or wherever you happen to be from in one of the big schools, he's still Herschel Walker. Is he dominating his competition? Okay. Now I want to see the measurables. Okay, why is he not in competition? Because they're so smaller. No, he's still six foot three, two hundred and thirty pounds, running four fours. All right. Now let's see him in this environment. So Travis Jones is going to get get to go against better players than he's faced, and for the most part, in his entire UConn career, and it'll get him a chance to remove any of those doubts and to prove that he belongs out here and move himself up the board. So he's somebody I'm definitely interested in. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, bringing the dinner bell here, guys, because Scott's got to get moving here pretty soon um, with the Senior Bowl getting all the live eyes down there. Make sure you're joining us tonight um, for Building the Broncos, as Carl and I will talk a little bit about the Senior Bowl today and hopefully get uh, some of Scott's insight on that as well. We got Elliot Sean coming in here saying, good morning, gents. What is your favorite NFL player of all time? Champ Bailey for me. Uh, Favorite player, NFL player of all time for me would have to be uh, Peyton Main, (laughs) just because, like, I mean, God, what he did to the game, he changed the game. He's still an ambassador for the game. Um, I know that Tom Brady is the GOAT, but I would argue that Peyton Manning's been the face more than Tom Brady has. Uh, Brady's been a little bit more of the evil empire face, where Peyton's the more, oh, shucks, you know, kicking rocks, uh, hands in his pocket, you know, f- f- just a nicer face in my opinion. But I'm I'm super biased. Every I'm pro Peyton Manning propaganda all day. So don't I don't, know. don't think that we don't use that southern accent to our advantage. Oh, absolutely. You know, because <laughs> Peyton's as ruthless as anybody out there on the yes. field. It comes. I always say, you know, it's uh, yeah, you 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 fast talking city boys. Don't don't take advantage of us down here. Go ahead and sign right here, right here. Go ahead and sign that. Don't forget this initial here. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> um, mine's Jesse Tuggle. Easy, the hammer. Uh, Jesse Tuggle played for the Atlanta Falcons um, in an era when it was tough to be an Atlanta Falcon. And he was a former walk-on at Valdosta State, which is a smaller school down uh, down in South Georgia. So he wasn't even given a chance at a – he wasn't even a walk-on at like, oh, he went and played at Georgia. No, he was at Valdosta State. I don't remember if he got drafted, but it wasn't very high. I think he may have been undrafted, but it wasn't very high regardless and ended up – you know, go look up Jesse Tuggle ref and look at the numbers he put up. Um, you know, over 200 tackles several times. If he was at a better franchise, you, you, you'd hear him talked about in the names of some of the Bears guys, you know, Brian Urlacher, mm-hmm. um, Mike Singletary. But, um, and I was actually in a kind of a cool story here. 
someone, I used him as an example. I was talking in front of 400 kids at the Army All-American Combine who were about to go out and test and do all this type of stuff. And I was giving them an example. I said, listen, don't let anybody tell you no. If you think you can do it, go do it. Go walk on. Go do something. Go earn it. And I told him about Jesse Tuggle. Jesse Tuggle is about 5'9", 5'10". I said, he's this tall. And he went and did all these things. Well, Jesse had a son named Justin who was at that combine. And Jesse was there and heard me talking about it and came up and said hello afterwards. So that was really cool. Hmm, that is really cool. Uh, other shout out for me uh, for a player, Shannon Sharp. Um, I love Shannon Sharp. Just a guy who's just a joy to talk to. Um, and then Steve Atwater, um, Steve Atwater. I ran into them in the combine multiple times and, uh, sat there and talked football for with him on the side, like in between interviews for hours. And, uh, he didn't have to do that. Now just some punk kid, 23 years old, probably at the time talking football with living legends, uh, Steve Atwater, but he's that kind of dude. Um, so if you ever get a chance to talk to Steve Atwater, he will make the time of day for you because he's nobody's too big for him or too small, too small for him. Um, he's a he's a great dude. Jacob Foster coming in. Thank you so much for the support, Jacob. You are amazing. Um, and we appreciate you always coming in and supporting us. We also got John Prescott coming in saying, uh, which three players do we feel will make the most money through the senior bowl and the combine? Oh, buddy. Um, that's a tough question because we're still so early in the process. Don't even know what it's looking like just yet. Um you make the most money. The it's kind of like a you know what a logarithmic decay looks like chart. Scott, is that way too nerdy for you? Well, what that looks like on a line graph. Is it, it like is just it basically an exponential curve? But the opposite. Um, so it goes up okay. way top. Either and way, it, and it's a reverse mm-hmm. exponential yes, curve. Yes, yeah, exactly. That, that's that's how people are paid. You exactly. Know, if I look at the contracts. Yep. If I look at the contracts and I put them on a line chart from the first pick to the hundredth pick, it drops off steep and then it flattens out as everybody exactly. as nobody makes any money at the end. Exactly. Um, I'll give you the opposite on this. Which three players do you think have the most to lose at Senior Bowl, Combine, Pro Days? How about Aiden Hutchinson? If Aiden mm-hmm. Hutchinson's a top five guy right now and he goes out there and and you know David Ajabo just absolutely blows him up um, at the at the Combine or you know at, at, at the Pro Days, which is possible. You know, you look at some of those Pro Days last year and you look at the guys at Penn State; it was insane. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that's who I'm. I want to see Aiden Hutchinson on there, and I'm not saying he has to go out there and be OA or Micah Parsons, but he can't go out there and just be a, a meh either. So uh, that's someone I'm I'm looking for. And then Travis Jones, we mentioned him. Um, and then as far as who could solidify themselves, if you look at any of these quarterbacks, if any of these quarterbacks come out there and just open eyes, they're on point all all week. You know, I I didn't think Mac Jones like okay, Mac Jones is a Jay Barker type. There's another guy I'm dating my with. Jay Barker was a 1992 game manager of the Alabama 1992 championship team. He was not a pro guy, and, and some of that was like okay, maybe this is who Mac Jones is. And then when I went to Senior Bowl, I'm like, huh, no, this guy could sneak into the first round for sure. So the quarterbacks have a chance to make a lot of money in this yep. in this uh, process here. I was going to say Sam Howell has a chance to make a lot of money right now. He's being talked about as a day two quarterback, but prior to the season, he was in some mocks as the number one overall pick um, goes to show you how silly some of those mocks can be, but he's got arm talent. He's the youngest quarterback in this class and he lost a lot of talent um, last year, moving on from uh, losing Daz Newsome, uh, Dami, Brown, uh, Dwayne Brown, Michael Carter, and Javonta Williams running a system that didn't give him a lot of layup kind of throws the layup throws were, Hey, you're a running option now. Um, so that's one that uh, interests me. Um, somebody else who can rise up. Obviously, the quarterbacks are a lot of guys who could rise up in this process. I'm curious to see if any of these wide receivers separate themselves. There's a lot of wide receivers right now. If Traylon Burks comes out there at 6'3", 230, and runs a 4'4", 40, 
he's going to rise. Um, he'll, he will climb up. Drake London has the ankle injury. Jamison will, uh, Williams has the ACL. So those are two guys who were thought to maybe be at the top, but now they have the injuries. Um, so Traylon Burks is one who could rise up a lot. Um, and in the senior bowl itself, I am curious to see if um, consensus number one tight end right now in uh, Trey McBride out of Colorado state, go Rams uh, for you listeners out there. Um, if he really does solidify himself as the number one tight end in this process and make himself a lot of money um, in, in doing so. So We'll see. Uh, that's a good question, though. I haven't really thought about that so much as as far as who can really change their stock uh, in the pre-jab process. And Travis said Warren Sapp. I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'm not a fan. Uh, like yeah, his not, game, not a big fan of the not a big fan of uh, of Warren Sapp the person. It was I I got to do a little work with him uh, around him at NFL Network. Some of these guys are great. Some of them aren't so great. And I think the uh, the truth came out about what Warren Sapp was like to work with. It came out not too long after that. Uh, Mark Schrader coming in with big stars. It's a good morning, guys. I hate it when work gets in the way of breakfast. That's why we try and make work and breakfast. That's why it's it's the same. We make it together. But appreciate the big stars coming in and the, and the huge support you showed us all through January and now continuing into February. Hope you are doing well. Yeah, hope you're doing well. Um, thank you so much. Uh, some other guys, just looking at the roster here. Um, we talked about him earlier, but like if Daniel Falele, uh looks good as as big as he is, I I don't think it's crazy to say he could rocket himself up to the top 15, um, given this class, because there are guys who just, that body type, you know, he, no matter what, he is going to be that big, right? And that's going to transfer somewhat. Like, it's not like, oh, is his athleticism going to transfer or whatever. He's going to be that big and he's going to be that long, no matter where you put him on the field. Um, so it, especially if he can go in there and play guard, he's one who could could skyrocket as well. Um, after Iquanu and uh, Evan Neal, I think there's a, actually a lot of debate as who could be that third offensive tackle off the board. Right now it has been Charles Cross penciled in there, but I think there's a chance that Trevor Penning uh, or – Daniel Falele uh, could rocket themselves up there into that conversation. Um, Edge three is up for debate right now. Jermaine Johnson uh, down there at the senior bowl. He's one we haven't talked about yet, but he impresses the heck out of me. Uh, Very long arms transferred from Georgia. Um, Really exciting to see him there. Uh, So those are some other names that stick out to me. Um, Just off the top of my head, looking at a, looking at a roster, Uh, Peter Middleton coming in saying Gordon wants to come back, but do you want him? And if, if so, how much I would love to give Gordon a two year, $8.5 $8.5 million contract, maybe nine. And that year two essentially has like 1 million dead cap on it, where if like he has an injury or is ineffective, you can eat the dead cap. It's worth it to have him on the, on, on the books, I think for that talent. Um, also another factor is everybody wants to see Javante Williams get a lion's share of the carries. The Packers went out there and gave Aaron Jones a massive deal uh, for a running back, which a lot of people, you know, what are you doing at the time? And then spent a second round pick on AJ Dillon. Uh, so Nathan, Nathaniel had coming over. They, they had reps, even with Aaron Rodgers to use two running backs effectively. So I think that if Gordon wants to come back, you can work out a friendly deal for him. Um, you should bring him back. I'm wondering if they already have their RB too. You know, when you give a, when you give a third guy two years and $4 million, it's to be a, a number two guy. And we're talking about Mike Boone here. Yeah. Uh, most of the time, Mike Boone's of the world are practice squad flex players who were six round draft picks or undrafted free agents, not sitting there making $2 million. So that may have been one of those pay it forwards. We know we're losing. Uh, we know we're losing Melvin Gordon next year. We're going to have his his replacement ready to go. He's already been in this. I won't say the system, but he's already been in the culture. He's already been part of the team for a year, and you've already got your RB two because you just don't pay 
third string running backs $2 million a year. So uh, you may already have your running back too, but I agree with Nick. You know, if, if you offer a $4 million deal to, to Melvin Gordon and he takes it, yeah. I, I mean, if he wants to play for four, that'd be, that'd be great. I think that's funny. It seems yeah. to me like the biggest problem you have with, with Boone was how much money he was making because he yeah. was a good running back, no doubt about it. Yeah, Boone, the thing is, and this is always the issue with free agency being before the draft, you didn't know that Javante Williams was going to come down to you. You didn't know that you'd have a shot at him to bring him in. So you solidify your roster beforehand where if you didn't have a single draft pick, you'd feel comfortable taking the field um, and bringing in Boone did that for them last year. Then they get Javante Williams. But um, Boone is fine. Boone gives you a an option where if the options don't uh, play out for you with Melvin Gordon or somebody else, you're okay. You're competent there. Um, but there's a pretty, I did an article. Um, there's actually a pretty good disparity as far as the power runs to zone runs for Javante Williams in comparison to Melvin Gordon, which concerns me a little bit um, for Mike Boone. Uh, but, or excuse me, for Javante Williams in this uh, outside zone stretch kind of look scheme. Uh, but we'll see. Again, it comes down to if Melvin Gordon wants to be back and he's willing to take a little bit less money, you're probably going to get a surplus on value and bringing him back in that kind of scenario. And you shouldn't uh, scoff at it in any way because running back is a very volatile position. Melvin Gordon has been able to stay healthy in Denver the last two seasons. And uh, not often you see running backs get third contracts with the limited carries. He's been able to have the last two seasons because of the split. So again, 4 million per season over two years, um, sign me up. That's fine. Um, you, You don't have to do that either, but I think that's a fine way to go. Uh, Jay Milzo Ryan coming in $5. Uh, thank you so much. Jay Milzo saying, does anyone feel Devin Lloyd is a priority? I feel he would be a premier off ball linebacker in the NFL. Georgia and Dean is too small thoughts. Um, I tweeted out last week, just a, and I, you know, roll your eyes or scoff at it if you want, but it's still a data point that we can use Uh pro football focus, defensive grade, um, in comparison to where guys were drafted. And I did it all the first round linebackers, over the last five seasons, uh, off-ball linebackers, not the edge rusher types. Um, the average an uh, average grade for PFF uh, for a starter is 50. Um, so if you're above 50, you're an above-average starter. If you're below 50, you're below-average starter. The average starting grade for a first-round linebacker in the last five seasons was, I think, 42. And only four out of 17, I think, were above 50. Uh, not 70, four out of 12. I'll have to find that uh, graphic. But... Either way, long story short, the hit rate of off-ball linebacker in the first round is bad. It's not very good. Um, there are a lot of reasons for that. We can get into that another time, but it's just not very good. So I personally would not use use a first-round pick on an off-ball linebacker because the hit rate is not very good on those kind of picks unless you're absolutely in love with the guy. But you should go into that knowing the risks. I do prefer Devin Lloyd with his versatility. Um, the I think he's longer. I think he's just as fast. I think he's better in coverage. He looks a little smoother in his hip flipping. Um, but I like Dean a lot too. Uh, I wish Dean was a little, this is crazy to say, I wish Dean was a little bit more athletic for how small he is. Like to be that small, I want them to be out there looking like, wow, that guy moves incredibly different than anybody else. I don't the see that with day. Dean. Yeah, go ahead. The pro days could be really good for Nicobe Dean. You yeah. know, if he goes out there and he works out and he throws up a three, nine shuttle and a, you know, a sub four, five 40 could be really good for him. Um, I, I think, you know, based on just height, weight, speed tools, I think Devin Lloyd probably is a better prospect. You're you're looking at Nicobe Dean for what else he does for the team. Uh, basically, he can run your defense. He's he, we talk about trust with coaches a lot. You, you trust not only do you trust Nicobe Dean to do his job, you trust that he's going to get everybody else to do their job. What's that worth to you? Um, that's going to have a different value 
based on where you are as a defense. With the Denver Broncos, that might be more valuable than to the New England Patriots or someone else who has you know a more veteran, definite leadership team. Um, Nakobe Dean might be, but at, at nine, you know, I, I could I could be excited about the pick, but it wouldn't be my first choice for sure. Yeah, I just Dean needs to be covered and more of a four three kind of basic uh, look because if you're asking him to come on stack and shed offensive linemen, especially uncovered offensive linemen, probably gonna have a bad time. Um, he's very smart. He's the thing that Dean and people think he is fast because he's you know a Georgia linebacker flying around, but it's it's his instincts that are fast. He's already you know a step in the right direction most times, which is more important than the athleticism baseline for linebacker. That's a big reason that linebackers don't hit um, at a good rate. It's because the reps that they're asked to do and the roles they're asked to do in the NFL, they're covered a lot of times in college football. You don't ask, you don't see them getting one-on-one versus tight ends where a quarterback and a tight end can actually take advantage of that matchup like you do in the NFL. Um, So it's pretty hard. And the first basis for a linebacker working in the NFL is instincts and processing. Um, so that's why guys like Devin Bush, who is smaller and an athletic freak, but is just hips are turned wrong all the time and is out of place because of that kind of situation. So, um, that's a big reason that linebackers don't hit as much. I would love to take height, weight, speed linebacker in the second uh, day, two of the draft every other year and uh, hope that one hits because that seems to be the, the best way to use that resource and get a hit, uh, at the linebacker position for the money. You're not going to find a lot of great edge rushers or cornerbacks day two in the draft but you can find good off-ball linebackers day two of the draft almost every single year. Uh, Shane Daniels. Nick and Shane's Morning, Nick coming in with some stars and going to close this out here, I think. Yes, um, absolutely. I have, to, I have to get going. 100%. Um, and Gadsden's coming in with all kinds of uh, – Gadsden Christopher coming with all kinds of emojis and stuff. So thanks, Gadsden. Welcome to the show. But Shane says, uh, good morning, Nick and Scott. Any player you dream as a sleeper pick in the first or second rounds? Um, so that's kind of a, an interesting question for me. For one um, – I don't know enough about the depth of this, the top 100 guys yet to say who's really the sleeper here. Um, and, and two, if I'm talking about them this early, they're probably not a sleeper. Three, who are somebody that could be that I might hope to get later in the second, maybe third rounds that is being undervalued at this point right now. And for me, that guy is John Mechie, the wide receiver out of Alabama, considered the best receiver at Alabama before he got hurt. And now he's disappeared. You know, now nobody's talking about him. Um, that's good if you're the team that's, and, and he'll have a chance to prove if he is healthy and if, uh, and if all that works out well, but I, I keep an eye on, on John Mechie as a guy that, you know, I'd love for him to fall down the board and get, and get picked by my team. Uh, if I'm going, that's, that's somebody I keep an eye on in every mock draft I do. I'm like, all right, is anybody taking Mechie yet? Okay. I'll take him in the third. I'll take him top of the fourth. Uh, so that's, that's one guy I keep an eye on too. Um, we're looking for traits and we're looking for a position of value. Um, that could be sleeper picks. Kyler Gordon, um, out of the university of Washington, Washington Huskies were terrible this season. Uh, their head coach got fired. Their head coach gotten a put hands on a player as well on the sideline, got him kicked out. Um, so not a lot of people watching the PAC 12 this season, uh, maybe for good reason. PAC 12 was pretty bad this year and especially Washington, um, very disappointing season for the Huskies out here in Seattle. But if you watch any Husky football, they're starting to get a pedigree with the defensive backs in the NFL, Obviously, you got Buda Baker, you got Elijah Molden, you got more guys. Uh, some people in the comments can probably get me more dog defensive backs in the NFL right now. They're doing pretty good. Um, people know Trent McDuffie in this class, probably the more solid player, but bigger, faster, stronger, longer player, Kyler Gordon, uh, cornerback out of University of Washington. 
I think it was Daniel Jeremiah had him at like pick 29 in his mock draft. Somebody did um, banking on the tools for him, but keep an eye out for Kyler Gordon because he is a freak athlete still kind of figuring out the cornerback position, but not many guys, not many guys are able to move like him with the length that he possesses. So uh, he's one that's definitely a sleeper. I could see a playoff team being like, Hey, we got to keep up with the chiefs in the AFC. We got to make sure we're slowing down the pass games. Cause eventually we're going to have to go up against, you know, a Joe Burrow, uh, Jamar Chase, T Higgins combination. You got to play two man. Um, and you have to have a cornerback to do that. So somebody like Kyler Gordon sticks out to me. So on that note, Nick, I think we, we need to go. If you want to take care of yeah, some matters of business, absolutely. And, and we'll, I'll, I'll head out here and go watch some football for y'all. Absolutely. We love you guys so much. Um, we will see you again tonight um, with uh, Scott coming back in here with running the show, but Carl and I will be here tonight for building the Broncos. Scott and I will also be here Wednesday morning over on Scott's channel. Um, we'll get to that in just a second, but make sure you guys are following us at huddle up pod and Scott and I also at Scott Kennedy or at scout Kennedy. And I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Make sure all for sure you're checking out Scott's channel and uh, Twitter right now, because he's going to be posting a lot live down in mobile. Um, hopefully enjoying some good weather there before it turns. Although I'm hoping maybe for some bad weather so we can see if the, uh, the Kenny Pickett hands uh, become an issue, but oh, who knows? Um, come follow us at mile high huddle. Also, um, if you guys are on Facebook, make sure you're joining our communities there at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle, as well as forward slash mile high huddle pod. I uh, saw that we did have another uh, five-star review yesterday. Appreciate that. Uh, that person coming down to the gauntlet, but there's some new names in here. I know you guys got iTunes. I know I know some of you guys in there have iTunes. Make sure you're heading to Apple Podcasts on iTunes. Find Mile High Huddle. Find Huddle Up Podcast. Leave us a five-star review and comment because um, that really does a lot. I appreciate uh, whoever did answer that call to action last time. If you guys are on YouTube, make sure you're subscribing, liking, and sharing on this channel. And especially you want to check out Scott's channel, youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy, where we'll, we will be live tomorrow. Scott might be live multiple times on that channel. God, he's going to just do massive information dump on that channel. Um, but we'll be live there tomorrow morning to talk some more Senior Bowl and NFL Draft. Yeah, that was Travis Weber was one of the folks that came in and gave a five-star review. So appreciate you, Travis, uh, for sure. And sorry you got caught up in some negativity on uh, on Friday night. I think that's been that's been sorted. And uh, someone asked, I think EJ asked the schedule. Uh, practice kicks off in an hour, the first practice. Um, they will have, I think, two one-and-a-half-hour practice sessions with a half hour in between. So it gets done 10.30 to 2.30. Uh, I'll come back here and I will log every single video I shot, which takes me about an hour or two. Um, and then I'll probably pick at least one person, no pun intended, but probably Kenny Pickett, I think will be the one that people want to see the most. And I'll make a highlight film of him. And then uh, I'll be on Bronco, uh, building the Broncos tonight. I think I'll pop in for a guest spot for just a few minutes to talk about some things. Then I'll be cutting up video and dropping highlights on my channel. So um, and then we'll be up in the morning again to, to do it all over again and, and talk about some of the, the top players we saw. So stay tuned, follow, follow on Twitter and, um, you won't, you won't, uh, you won't miss anything. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, congrats to Tom Brady on the good career. I guess congrats to Josh McDaniels on being the Raiders, <laughs> um, new head coach as well. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, oops, I meant to get rid of that one. Huh? That, oh, it's because it's on Twitch. It can't let me hide it. Stupid. All right. Well, we love you guys. Uh, we'll see you later. Have a great day. Have a good Tuesday. Happy February. We made it through the first month. Spring is right around the corner. Choose kindness. Choose compassion. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. <laughs>